What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. If this is your first time joining us, uh, my name is Yanni Bormeister. We got Rad uh, across from the table joining me now, and uh, together we are Unity Gym and the Unified Movement System. Uh, like yesterday, we got Richard away. Richie is usually the voice of God behind the mixer, controlling the podcast recording and all of the video live production. Uh, everything that happens behind the scenes. Rad and I are doing it ourselves at the moment, which is uh, a testament to our dedication. <laughs> sure is. And yeah. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to do something that I've never done before, and I've got about a five-minute explanation on how to make it work. So hopefully it's working. Yeah, we're going all right. We're going all right. Now, guys, we want to give a, um, a warm welcome to everyone on the podcast this morning. Uh, we are growing at a uh, lightning pace. Thank you very much. Uh, please continue giving us those five-star reviews. It really does help. Big shout-out to everyone on YouTube. Smash that like button. Support the channel. It does really help. Let us know who you are, where you're tuning in from in the comments section. We would love to get to know more about our audience uh, on YouTube. And uh, warmest welcome to anyone joining us live in the Movement Mastermind Facebook group. If you haven't already and you listen on the podcast or you watch on YouTube, get yourself over Apply to join that group. You can interact with us just like Christy Lovejoy. Good morning, Christy. Today, uh, if you get a sense of deja vu, it is not you losing your mind. Uh, I actually tackled this topic uh, over a week ago. I got a little confused as I came back from my vacation with where we were at with our content schedule. And I did one random show on how to become a better athlete, which is the series, uh, the topic of discussion this week. And uh, so please don't um, uh, freak out or turn off thinking that you've listened to this already because I was on my own on that show. Today we're going to have a different discussion because I've got my brother Rad here and we're going to go deep into the concept of functional movement patterns. Uh, now when we, the, the, the term functional movement patterns gets loosely thrown around in the gym and I call a bench press a functional movement pattern. I call a squat, a barbell back squat, a functional movement pattern. But uh, we're not, today when we talk about functional movement patterns, we're not talking about the types of movements that we do here at Unity Gym, uh, deadlifts, back squats, which are very functional in developing strength uh, and performance. Uh, but what we're talking about is the functional movement pattern craze or fad that hit the uh, personal training space, uh, I think about a decade ago. And, uh, and and there's still longer a than that. Lot no, because we've been, we've been in the industry for 17 years, and it was it was hot when we were new to the industry. Yeah, right. I remember it being. I, rem I mean, because I can remember being a juvenile personal trainer and not knowing what was better. You know, like yeah, when you're yeah, a new yeah. personal trainer, you don't know. You haven't done enough research. You haven't found the people that. Uh, are full of shit and the people that know what they're talking about yet you, you're just looking around and I remember trying to decide is it is functional movement the better way I mean think about it. I mean to his credit there's a lot of great things that he's done but you know one of the one of the leaders of the functional movement charge was Paul Check, and yep. he was huge when we first got into the industry yeah, remember yeah, we yeah. went and did all those courses with him and all those yeah. accreditations and everything Check. and um, yeah I mean it kind of Greg's saying hi guys I'm struggling to walk from the uh from the supersets this morning, from the front squats and the back squats, it was brutal. Hey, Greg, it was uh, very enjoyable for me to watch you guys. And there's, I think, there's going to be a lot of people suffering in the next seventy-two hours with the DOMS that you guys have yet to experience. You think it's bad now? 
wait until uh, Thursday or Friday. Is anyone lifting any any weight at all on the squats? <laughs> MJ goes to meet. So MJ's um, our strongest member, and he weighs 100 kilos. And he, uh, in the wave loading, he got up to 150 kilo squats. And he said to me, I said, what are you going to do, MJ? And he goes, oh, I'll probably do... I said, uh, no, I, I told him, I said, look, do 100 kilos. Start on 100 on kilos for your front squat. Yeah, and he goes, yeah, I'll do that, and then I'll probably do 120 for the back squat. And I said, I laughed, and I said, no, you won't. I said, just stay on 100. And he goes, really? And he goes, oh, okay. And he did it, and he did 100 kilos on the front squat, and then he rested 10 seconds and got under the back squat, and he grinded out the eighth rep on that back squat. And then the next time I looked over at him, he was doing... 90 kilos and then the next time i looked over at him he was doing 60 kilos <laughs> what are what are the rep ranges for both well it's eight reps for the front squat and then i'm saying eight to 12 for the back squat okay. and i'm just saying eight to 12 because normally we don't give such a big rep range but it's really really hard to choose that correct weight for the second exercise yeah. and the whole idea is just to blow your, the muscles brutal. out so it's horrible <laughs> that's brutal i probably will be doing six to eight on the front squat today and Eight to ten on the next one. So just um, on on point, you know, this is a this is a, a an overload technique that we're using coming into the uh, Christmas uh, holiday period to, you know, really amp up the amount of volume that our tribe are doing both here at the gym and in the online coaching program. And you know, we uh, we call the the front squat and the back squat a functional movement pattern, but uh, some people would call that a complex movement pattern and functional movement pattern would be if you were swinging a cat whilst doing a back squat. Uh, and that's, you know, I, I, I'm joking, of course, but this is where it started to lose uh, direction, you know, and, 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 I, and I really mean this. You know, I had friends who were personal trainers at uh, the big box gyms here and when this functional movement pattern uh, uh, drive started to take hold in the industry, I literally saw people doing leg press and bicep curls at the same time to, to be more functional, you know, to, and, and, and you know, th there's no logic that could be explained there. It's yeah, people, just, people were doing squat bicep curls and, and this and that. I Squats on fit balls yeah. and boats you know, balls. I, re I remember know. having big debates with, where I really turned my head around um, was when I had this debate with, uh, not a debate, I asked the question with Tony Patashi, but I, ch I challenged what he was telling me. and. I remember before this conversation, um, oh, face to just wait a second. Before you go deep yeah. into this, remember yeah. that thought. I want to frame what we're talking about with functional movements. Okay, so there's two, there's two main trends that I saw that I noticed that people were calling functional movement patterns. One was where they combine multiple exercises together. So the example would be a leg press and a bicep curl or a squat and a bicep curl yeah, or a and squat was, and a shoulder and press. And it came or, from people were trying to argue that the way that you do a squat or a deadlift doesn't replicate what you do in a sporting activity. Like you're never just sitting there just with a weight on your back squatting. It's always that you're trying to jump and throw something at the same time or, yep. you know, the way that you try yep. and swing a bat or whatever. That was the idea. So that was know. the first thing that I noticed. The second thing that, that, that seemed to take hold or become a craze was to try and mimic movements that were performed in sporting activities. For Like the classic was the golf swing. People started to try and use cable machines to mimic a golf swing or people tried to use balancing apparatus to mimic snowboarding or skiing or surfing, you know, and things like that, and loaded up with, with weights, with dumbbells, kettlebells, barbells, you know, 
And, and that was the second thing that I noticed. You had people trying to combine movements just to like, I don't know, burn more calories, use more muscle mass. Uh, that, that was the thing. It's, it's okay, if I'm, if I'm now using my legs and my arms at the same time, I'm using more muscle, therefore I'm gonna burn more calories or I'm going to stimulate the central nervous system more. But what we found was, and, and, and there's a lot of research that would indicate anyone who who's sort of knows anything about strength and conditioning, all that does is disperse the load more thinly. You know, it's sort of like um, uh, spreading the muscle motor units and the neural drive more thinly. So you get a worse result on the legs and you get a mediocre result on the upper body as well. As opposed to just focusing on doing a really good heavy squat. A squat is a, a barbell squat especially, is a very complex movement pattern that requires a lot of neural activity, a lot of muscular activity, and it's enough, one would argue, uh, to do that and to just go heavy on the squat <coughs> and then go heavy on your upper body day. But you don't mix the two, you don't blur the lines, you know, and, and it, it produces a su suboptimal result. Yep. Then the second is, you know, mimicking sporting movements uh, and activities, you know, and, 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 uh, and trying to replicate what the athlete does on the field when competing in the gym. Mm -hmm. And people didn't understand that, you know, training is training, com competition is competition, and when you're training an athlete, they're getting enough, or they, they, they're gonna improve their skill in their movement on the field. That's the best place to do that. In the gym, you're not there to do that. You're there to build strength, you're there to build flexibility, you're there to build fitness, you're there to increase load capacity, you're there to diminish or reduce injury risk, mm -hmm. and uh, and and that's what training's about, you know. Yep. And so this whole functional uh, movement pattern um, argument got really, really knocked about by, <coughs> you know, uh, good sports and exercise scientists, good exercise physiologists, good strength and conditioning coaches, yep. and uh, and 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 let's hear about your example with well, Tony there's, Bataji, there's a lot, of our there's mentors. a lot to talk about there. So for example. The, the whole balance thing, you know, people, the, a, a part of this functional movement thing was that people were saying, you know, that when you do things with barbells, you're not training balance and that doesn't transfer to sport. And But balance is not a universal thing. You can't become good at balance and then you're good at balancing on everything. Somebody that masters the tightrope, if they've never ridden rollerblades before, put them on rollerblades, they're not going to balance well. They're going to be all over the shop just like anybody else that was a beginner and vice versa. If somebody that masters rollerblades and if you've never rollerbladed before, stand up on those things for the first time uh, and you'll, you know, you'll see how quickly you can fall over on your yeah. ass or your head and master that, you're still not going to be great at tightrope walking. Yeah. It's a totally different type of balance. So to think that you can come in into the gym and do you know, Bulgarian split squats with your front foot on a BOSU ball and think that that means that you're going to be better at balancing in your sport, it's not. Yeah. You're going to get better at balancing in your sport that requires balance by doing that sport that requires yeah, balance. Yeah, that's right. A know. good example was that yeah. I got really, I got decent, reasonable at snowboarding. Mm. And then I thought, well, I should be better at surfing. Yeah. Because I, it's similar movement, you're carving an edge, you know, and uh, and I had attempted surfing many times before and was just crap at it. I never really developed a skill. And yeah, I got back up on a surfboard and guess what? I was no better at surfing. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, people that are people that are pro surfers or, or that, that really have some skin in the game with surfing and snowboarding might argue differently, but this is, you know, your experience. And, and, and what we've seen with balance is it's not a universal thing at all. So 
if, if you want to talk about balance, if somebody says, I want to develop good balance, the way you're going to develop good balance is if you challenge yourself with different scenarios a lot. So yeah. it's not it's not that you do these certain exercises that are going to make you balance. You challenge yourself with different things. Anyway, that's one thing. But my conversation with Tony was because I couldn't I couldn't wrap my head around this. I really thought, and the the, the what I the example that I gave him was was squat thrusters. I said, if you don't know what a squat thruster is, with a barbell, um, it's where you have a barbell in a front racked position, and you go. So it means it's not sitting on your shoulders at the front, and you're lifting it up like a front squat, and you squat down, and then as you come up to the top, you pop it up into a shoulder press above your head. I really, really thought that that would make you better at squatting and shoulder pressing. I thought, look, you're killing two birds with one stone here. You know, you're doing squatting and, and shoulder pressing at the same time. So it means I can get more done in my workout. And in one hour, if I do that, I don't need to do squatting and shoulder pressing. And I can move on to some other stuff and I've ticked those boxes. And Tony looked at me and said, you're wrong. And I said, why? And he said, because if you do squat thrusters, you can't, you can't press as much as you can if you do a strict shoulder press. And you can't squat as much as you can if you do a squat. And I said, well, what's the problem with that? And he said, well, why are you doing weightlifting? Are you trying to get stronger? I said, yeah. And he said, well, if you want to get stronger at a squat, you're only going to get stronger if you lift more weight. So if you can, like even at someone at my body weight, to do a decent amount of reps with squat thrusters, I, would, I wouldn't be able to come close to lifting my own body weight on a squat thruster, but I can easily squat way more than my body weight. So those squat thrusters aren't making me stronger at squatting. Um, and he just went through this explanation of saying, you know, you want to, like, you've got to choose what you want to do. And if you want to get stronger, you've got to do proper strength training. If you do these functional movements, they're not going to uh, make you as strong as if you do the raw um, strength movements. You know? yeah. Well, we went on this huge divergence in the industry where almost every personal trainer uh, uh, who, you know, was new to the game and didn't have much skin in the game and wasn't already producing brilliant results with their clients because they just didn't have that track record or experience yet, went on this divergence off into functional movement patterns and it just did no one any good, mm. you know. And, uh, and I remember Tony saying, that was when he said to me, you cannot follow fads as a strength coach, yeah. you know, or a personal trainer, yeah, yeah. you have to follow science don't follow fads. Yeah. And the reality is that most of them are fads. You know, mm -hmm. P90X, muscle confusion, it's a fad. Mm -hmm. You know, it's got no scientific backing behind it. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and you know, then uh, like uh, CrossFit sort of blurred the lines a bit more even because they do, they, they, they did take it to a whole new level. Yeah, but we've gone through this so many times with CrossFit. The problem, the problem with CrossFit for the layman is that people watch the CrossFit games and they think that that's how you train. I think that those workouts that those guys do is the way that you well, train. Well, originally that's how they did. Yeah, you know, they, when, yeah, they, when they licensed CrossFit and you could go and buy a license and open a box, none of them were really, really highly accredited or, or, or not many coaches that opened boxes when the when the initial wave just took off and exploded. It was it was a license to print money, and you had a lot of people with exactly the same situation. Not a lot of skin in the game. Not a lot of experience coaching not a great education behind them, mm. who were opening gyms and coaching people. And the way they did it was that the fun, the fad was a different workout every day, a yeah. different what. It was random, random workouts. You never wanted to know what the workout was before you got to the gym, you know? But then um, Dimitri Klokov uh, came in and did that snatch ladder. Um, is that what he did? Was it the snatch ladder? Where he, where At he, the CrossFit Games one year, yeah. yeah, yeah, is yeah. That, is that, that's where he got that, his name from, right? For outside of the oh, Olympics. I don't remember. I yeah. don't remember. He, yeah. de he, he certainly um, forged his reputation as an Olympic silver medalist. Yeah, I right. Think. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Yeah. yeah. But um, 
he yeah look you know and and so that that then i think flames the fire of randomized workouts and functional movement patterns and things like that you know when crossfit became super popular but as you say it was very very quickly discovered that uh you know you couldn't work out you couldn't train like they do competing at the games every year and nor did most of the top athletes you know they yeah. trained methodically yeah, just like yeah, yeah, a professional athlete of course they've got to still practice um their their craft their sport but most of the uh, early wave of CrossFitters really ended up beat up, you know. And I, I follow a few of, uh, I wouldn't call them friends, but I follow them on Instagram and I've met them and, and, and things like that. And they're, you know, and they're mostly beat up, you know. They've had operations on the majority of their, uh, I remember we had a couple of CrossFit coaches come in and apply for jobs here, you know. And, and as I talked to them and looked at their CVs and stuff, you know, they listed most of their injuries in CVs as though they were a badge of honour. And yeah. there was operation after operation, reconstructed joint after reconstructed joint. I was just like, oh, goodness gracious, yeah. you know. And look, we tried this. Yanni and I did go down this rabbit hole for a brief, uh, a brief in the, you know, when you look at our career spanning over 17 years, you know, we did have a crack at this functional um, training. You know, we did do a lot of Paul Check accreditations and there were was time there that we were doing you know these uh, multi-directional lunges with all of our <laughs> with all of our members, oh, yeah. and um, yeah, it was hard not to because it was the phase. It was, I mean, it, at Fitness First, that was the um, co the training option you yeah, had. You yeah. had to do continued credits, continued you had, education, it, you know, and, and and the only option was to do all these check yeah. courses. Yeah, and know? it's funny when you don't know any better when you see that shiny new thing and you see somebody doing something really different and really new you can't help but feeling like you're missing out if you're not doing it this yep. is i'll say it again if if you don't know any better yeah and but yanni and i we we tried it we didn't get good results with our members there was nothing game changing about what they did and the way that we've evolved the ums through luckily enough being exposed to people like tony Bataji, like charles poliquin like ben pikulski like ida portal um, learning who was also exposed to all of the other people, maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. Kowski, but yeah, yeah, not Tony and who, um, uh, you know, who guided us in a in a much better direction that shaped the UMS to be what it is, and and what we get with our members now by you know not doing this, I'm gonna I'm doing the functional training thing with my fingers here, um, because what we do is not like what people would call functional training, uh, but we God we get so much better results, like it's just so much better. Just sticking to the stuff that works, following good periodization, you know, really being very smart about our periodization. And anyone that's been with us with the UMS for, um, for several months or, or, uh, or more, you'd know how good our periodization is. And, um, you know, when you, like Blakely was just talking recently in the UMS online coaching group, um, he's one of our moderators, he was talking about how, how much stronger all these lifts are after doing the wave loading. But, um, you know, Blakely, not sure if you're even aware of this or, or if you even recognize that the wave loading was just the combination of a macro cycle. It yeah. wasn't the wave loading that did it. It was, the, it was the three mesocycles that the wave loading culminated in because the, three, the two mesocycles before that were to prepare the body after lockdown to get ready for that wave loading so you could really lift some weight safely. Yeah. Um, and this is what good, good periodization and programming does. And when you do these fad style training, you, you're throwing all that out the window. 
Um, well, this is what yeah. I wanted to finish to um, come, come to conclude the conversation today is that there's a reemergence of functional. I'm using parentheses yeah, with yeah, my yeah. fingers. <laughs> functional training or movement patterns. Because of the rise in popularity of Fitzbo, um, Instagram, and 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 um, uh, what's it called? What's the the, the new one? Uh, um, oh my God! It used to be Musically. Instagram and TikTok. TikTok. <coughs> uh, you know, people that pr produce content, and, and some of them have amazing physiques and look incredible. But the problem is that they're maintaining their physique using their functional movement pattern workouts. Now they never, they didn't get there by doing that. You know, yeah, they got yeah, there by lifting weight. Yeah. You know, by by proper strength and conditioning, proper strength yeah, training, we, and. And, and but then along the path you find that they just get more likes they get yeah. more clicks they get more views when you do a funky m workout you know mm -hmm. and so it, it it turns into this you know are you entertaining or are you training someone you know and and there's a very very big difference like there are some people that need to be entertained to get off their butt and exercise and if that's you then kudos to you good on you you go and do the entertaining workout burn some calories get yourself moving it's but better than doing nothing you're never going to get more than feeling a little bit better yeah, and maybe and a little like a little initial result the same that anybody would get from doing any kind of exercise or movement you're never going to go beyond that yeah you're going to hit a glass ceiling real real quick you yeah. know real quick if you're not periodizing your programming and if you're not uh doing things properly the, and 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 this is something that you really really need to understand this despite how how cool those sort of exercises look when someone's doing push-ups balancing on kettlebells and and uh you know and and just just misusing equipment <laughs> they're doing routines that look more like a dance move or a choreographed um uh dance move um, that you've got one huge hurdle that your body needs to overcome to get better at it, and that is coordination. And coordination is the limiting factor in the development of strength and flexibility every single time. That's mm -hmm. the thing that is going to limit your progress. And tomorrow we're going to go deeper into why coordination should be the last thing you try to develop. Mm -hmm. Because, uh, you, you, you know, doing all these movement patterns, functional <coughs> movement patterns, jumping around, um, you, uh, you know, uh, swinging you know, equipment around. Before, you, before you even try that, you should see how much work I spend with our members in the gym on getting them to, firstly, to coordinate the, the three cues that we teach on any of our big lifts, like the deadlift, the squat, the bench, shoulder press, whatever it is. But then once they get that right, getting them to coordinate proper breathing. And if you think you're ready to start challenging your coordination with movement, get some weight on a barbell, do some squats, and do it in a way where you do this, where before every rep you take a full breath, fill your lungs up, and then between each rep, all you do is breathe out 30%, and then breathe back in. And do that for the whole set, and see how well you go with that, and do that for a bench, for a squat, for a deadlift, for a shoulder press, for a pull-up, everything. And if you can't get that right yet, yeah, trying to do a, like a, a crazy, you know, uh, hard, complex movement. You haven't even got breathing right. And Cat swinging, BOSU ball, yeah. double dumbbell, yeah. underhand grip squat. Yeah. And if you haven't got, yeah, if you haven't got that breathing right with the basic cues of a lift, you, you, you're not ready to progress yet. Yeah. Vinny Brown said here, martial arts classes make it very hard to avoid the competition mentality. You're always seeing someone who's more flexible, can kick higher or do X thing better. 
and it's the case in every every gym, brother. There's always going to be a level of uh, you pitting yourself up against what other people can do. You know, one of the things that we try to instill in our online coaching and Unity Gym tribe members are that you know this we we have our structural balance blueprint, and that provides a, a way of scoring, a way of measuring yourself against you, you versus you. Every every mesocycle, you retest to see how balanced your body is uh, in strength movements and in flexibility movements, and you know, um, we're building an app that's going to input all of that data and give you a score. And that score will be benchmarked against a median score of everyone else that's using that app, you know, so that you are looking at, okay, what does what my body um, f move like in, or from, from a functional parentheses uh, intended um, uh, standpoint, again, uh, versus other people similar to my age, you know, and, and and that's a good thing. Like, it's good to have a little bit of you know, something that's going to motivate you, you know. Yeah. Um, that, that is a human nature thing that you can tap into that's going to keep you uh, training. But there's an, there's an end to it. There's a, you know, it, you, 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 as long as you're aware of it and as long as you don't let it consume you and control you because that's where you start to, you know, um, stuff up. That's where you start to overdo it and uh, hurt yourself and, and ignore what your body really needs to just do the stuff that you're going to be able to compete with, you know. Hope that helps, Tribe. Uh, we will see you all again tomorrow. So, uh, guys, if you want to know how to do really functional training, you've still got about <laughs> six hours left, or maybe about five hours now, to get the uh, two-week free trial of the UMS Online Coaching and then lock in a lifetime price of 49 US dollars, which is half price. Regular Normal price is 97 US dollars. You've literally got five hours left. Please do not email yeah, us tomorrow absolutely. and say, will you extend the deal because we won't be. This only is. offer comes around once a year, guys. It's only once a year. And uh, for everyone who has jumped on, we've had we've got about 40 people who have just joined in the last uh, day or two. Welcome to the tribe. We can't wait to meet you all on Friday for the online coaching, uh, weekly group coaching. Uh, yeah, we will we will get you all into the online coaching private Facebook group as soon as possible. We've got Richie away who usually handles that, uh, but we will be getting that organized. Welcome, everyone, and for the rest of you, see you tomorrow. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that it's far. It's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity. There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. It's the gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.